You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy a special message recorded live at East Coast Christian Center. I want to welcome everybody who's, who's joining in. This, this moment is much bigger than we can see just in this moment, like right now. Like right now, online, you're in this with us. Parkway, Avenue, Vieira, Coco, all of our locations are in this together as we worship God. And I am super excited. I'm Pastor David Gammon. I do the Avenue location. I pastor the Avenue location in the Mezzanine Young Adult Ministry. And I'll be delivering the message this morning. So I got a little piece of scripture here that I want to read for you. I think it's super powerful. Powerful, and I love it. So check this out. It's Psalm 34, verse 4 and 5. I love this. It says, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their face. And as we talk about hope, as we're in a series of hope, as our language is hope, and we look for signs and have signs of hope, man, this scripture is just super powerful, and we're going to jump into it. But first, let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for everything that you're doing. God, you are so good. God, you are our hope. You are everything we need. Your grace is sufficient. But in these moments, we ask that we can just have coffee with our dad, that our hearts are prepared to just hear your voice, that we can just have a moment with you, that anxiety has got to bow to the name of Jesus. Fear has got to bow to the name of Jesus. Any distraction has got to go. What is or is not going on on social media right now will not pull on us, but the only thing that pulls on us is hearing from the voice of our Heavenly Father. And we thank you. We thank you, Lord, As we draw near to you this morning, we know that you are drawing near to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. 2020 has been a crazy year, right? All of us, everybody universally has gotten our five-year plan wrong. Five years ago, nobody predicted this. I don't care who you are. This has been an absolutely crazy year. It has been a year where it's like the world hits a pandemic. And then, of course, because we're America, we're like, we're a little bit different. Then all of a sudden, boom, it hits us. And we, we go into a quarantine. And then we're, we're all wearing masks. And things are going differently for us. Things we've never experienced before as this generation of Americans. And it's like, wow, things are going so crazy. But how do we make sense of it? When, and trying to make sense of it, we're like, okay, we, we think we're, we're watching the news and we're, we're trying to stay wise on the decisions we make. And then all of a sudden we turn around and they're like, oh, you thought the pandemic was bad. Guess what? Now you're going to have murder hornets. As if hornets were, weren't bad enough, they're now murder hornets coming towards us. I'm sorry, I don't know about you, but a hornet itself, it's like, it's nobody's like, oh, look at that cute pet hornet. It's horrible. It is horrible. It's like, what else can happen? And we go into this sports shutdown. We, we're looking for, for and our, our favorite TV shows aren't having new episodes. And it's like, it is like we are forced to watch this craziness, this absolute craziness that is 2020. And it's, I almost feel like if aliens came down, Right. If aliens came down right now and they were like, you know what? Take me to your leader. I'm like, oh, that's president. I'm like, I'm the leader. I'm the leader. I got you. Things are so crazy right now. We went from protest to riots. Crazy. People are just doing whatever. And like this, this year has been absolutely, Kanye West is running for president. 
Does it get crazier than that, people? I don't think I need to make my point anymore that somebody needs to pull the brake on the train and say, hey, listen, 2021, we're not celebrating you. You're on notice. 2020, we need to have a conversation because things are crazy, absolutely crazy. But you know what? God knew the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end, and he has seen all of this. And as I look into it, it's where I found something, uh, a person in scripture that actually goes through a 2020 year. He actually goes through a 2020 moment, and he has everything turned upside down on him. And I want to take a look at that story here in scripture. It's King David. And what's happened is, is that he's on the run. He's become an outlaw. And if you're not familiar with the story of King David, a lot of people are. Even if you're new to the church, you probably can still be, still be familiar with King David. If you like sports, you always hear, oh, it's a David and Goliath matchup because David was the young man who killed Goliath and would go on later to become king of Israel. Well, this is in between those moments of Goliath and him becoming king. And he hits a real hard spot because he becomes an outlaw. The king, King Saul winds up putting a bounty on his head. So young David goes on the run and that's where he has this 2020 year, this crazy year, this year that does not make sense, but we get to see what comes out of it. And it says this in 1 Samuel. This is part of David's story. This is part of David's story. It says, So David escaped from Saul and went to King Achish of Gath. But the officers of Achish were unhappy about him being there. Isn't this David, the king of the land? They asked. Isn't he the one that people honored with dancing and singing? Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. And David heard these comments and was very afraid of what King Achish of Gath might say or do to him. So he pretended to be insane. Crazy. Scratching on doors and drooling down his beard. Finally, King Achish said to his men, must you bring a madman? Must you bring me a madman? For we already have enough of these around here. Why should I let someone like this be my guest. King David in this moment here before he was king on the run was in Gath. This was his enemy city's capital before his enemy king. That's how crazy his year has gotten. That he is in a place where he should have never been doing stuff he never thought he would be doing. He had lost all hope. He lost all hope. What he knew had been taken from him. Any picture of his future has now been crushed. Everything was kind of like where you're at and kind of like where I'm at. Where we're looking at the future. Our school's going to reopen. We don't fully know yet what the plan is. What's going to happen with, with everybody's jobs? What's going to happen? There's a, a surge in, in COVID. Are we going to wind up going back into a phase one quarantine? What is going on? And we start to lose hope. Some of us have lost hope already when the craziness of what's going on, I think we can relate to David when he's like, man, I don't know what to do. So what did I do? I went to the only place that I knew the enemy king, his, his king, King Saul, couldn't find him, was with the enemy. You see, he made friends with the enemy when he was in a moment of confusion, in a moment of lost hope, a moment of despair. What do we do when we look around us and our whole culture, our whole planet has felt like it's gone crazy, but then all of a sudden we wake up and realize maybe some of that craziness has gotten inside of us. Maybe inside of the 14 weeks of quarantine, we started making decisions that we're not proud of. 
Maybe we started deciding things before praying about things. Maybe we started looking at what was going on in the world instead of what was going on inside of our word, and we started doing stuff. Did you stop paying on a credit card bill? Did you stop, you know, maybe you lost your job and you've lost all hope. You haven't even tried to go back out because you don't know what to do because the times are so uncertain and you just shut down emotionally. Maybe you, you're at home, you've been quarantined, you haven't gone anywhere and you've gone to some websites you're not proud of. You've, you've maybe slid into some people's DMs, their direct messages. Maybe you started digitally reaching out to people from your past that you have no business with and you shouldn't be doing that and your spouse knows nothing about it. Meanwhile, you've been in the same room with your spouse for 14 weeks and they're getting on your last nerve. You're starting to make crazy moves, which you would have never done if this was just a normal year. But sometimes we're like David and we're doing stuff and we're drooling down our beard. Those websites are just drooling down our beard. Those financial decisions, not paying the mortgage, not stepping out and, and believing God for breakthroughs, us drooling on our beard because we don't know what to do. We've walked into the enemy's camp and we've just started seeing what happens. Maybe you're at work and you've formed a relationship with a coworker that's not healthy. It could be a platonic one and maybe they're not Christ honoring. Maybe you're single and it's not a Christ honoring friendship. You could be married and your spouse might not know about this new relationship because you're the only ones in the office. And no one's around to say, hey, hey, what's going on? You're nervous to go back to church, which we all understand, but no one's also there to say, how's your heart? How's your soul? How are things going? How are you and your wife? How are you and your husband? Because you're in the enemy camp. You've allowed yourself to be isolated. You've allowed the craziness to get in, and now you're making decisions where you're drooling down your own beard. We can't do that. I believe God is picking a fight with the craziness of our culture with the rest of 2020. I believe God is not going to remain silent. I don't believe he's been silent from the beginning. But I believe that we, as people of God, have got to look into our own hearts and say, stop the train. Listen, Fox News and CNN and all these other people, they might have lost their minds. You know what? But I'm going to stop and I'm going to take each thought captive because I don't trust me right now. Because if I don't have clear vision of what's going on and I feel I'm losing hope, then I'm actually going to take a step back put my eyes back on Jesus, put my eyes back where it needs to get right. But, but that's scary. Because how do you talk about that? You see, each one of the areas where in this crazy time, making crazy decisions to drool down the beard, the scratching on the door, things that we know if they were brought to the light, we actually would have shame. So we don't want to bring them to the light. We don't want people to know about it. You don't want people to know your browser history. You don't want people to check your text messages. You won't want people to see where your bank statement says all your money is going because if they saw that, they would realize the secret sin or the secret lifestyle you've allowed into your heart, into your life. And there's shame there. So what we do is we take a step back. Instead of quarantining, we're doing worse. We're falling right into the devil's plan. We're isolating. We say, I can't go back to church. Why? Those people are just whatever. They're hypocrites. We're all hypocrites. It's part of Christianity. Read the Bible. None of us are worthy of salvation. Yet Jesus paid the price for all of us to have it. But there's a shame. You see, there's a shame when a Jewish man 
with drool on his beard. It was actually like a very embarrassing thing. It was a very, like you've lost your mind, you've lost your bearing, things that were very important to a Jewish warrior. And so for David to be drooling down his beard was to actually be publicly shaming himself. But we know if we take a look and we opened up, we opened up our hearts and got to have people look into what has gotten in there, what has been killing our hope, we know that we wouldn't be proud if they could see what was in there. And that makes us scared to step out to get help. But how do we do it? You know, one, we have to realize that there's a real enemy. There's a real enemy that's come to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants nothing more than to keep us isolated, keep us crazy, keep us drooling down our beards, keep us separated from our spouses on websites, forming toxic relationships, and getting addictions. That's what he would love to see us doing. That's why he laces it all with pleasure. We need to stop what is trying to make us happy and do what's making us holy. Because that's where the blessing's gonna lie. That's where your calling's gonna lie. But how do we do it? How do we do it? And you know, I think of my kids, right? I think of my kids a lot. Because if I ask them any Bible question, the answer's always the same. They're like, God. And I'm like, yes, you're right. Because I can't fight you on that one. You know, but tell me, tell me why we don't hit our sister. All right? I feel a little bit for some of us, the answer that I'm going to give you is a little bit like that. But I want you to actually look into your heart and say, hold on a second. Because the answer is God. But it's not just God. It's not just God. It's more than that. All right? I'm not saying more than God. But we've got to allow the truth of the word to get in. And watch what Peter writes. This is what Peter writes when he, when he talks about this God, this Jesus. He says this. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who is according to his who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Reserved in heaven for you. You know what I love about this passage, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. You know what I love about this? Is Jesus, Peter is flagrantly saying that Jesus and the Heavenly Father and you, all of us, we are in this together. We're in this together. He's saying, you're not in this alone. It was never their plan to be separate from us, that we are in this together, that heaven is in this with us. So much that Jesus would take our salvation and the security of it, and he would describe it. He goes, go through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved for you in heaven. Why? So we can't mess it up. How? It is locked in to our faith in Jesus Christ. So any bit of our walk where we are struggling, where we are losing hope. We need to look to the living hope that is Jesus, that he is in this with us, that we are in this together. And that is a powerful thing. That is a powerful thing. That God would come and say, hey, if you're going to do this, you can't do this alone. You can't walk this out alone. If you are left to make your own choices and restore your own hope, we won't be able to make it. Us people on our own. We won't make it. 
We won't make it. But if we take our eyes and we set them on Jesus, we walk in his ways and we'll be in his will, we're going to have breakthrough. We're going to be able to stop what's happening in our lives. This craziness in you, if you've lost hope, that living hope will be restored when we take our, our, our eyes off of what's going on around us and look who went to the cross for us and walk in the calling that he has given us. It's incredible. It's incredible. The thought that God would leave royalty to join our depravity so that we could have a forever relationship with the Heavenly Father is just inspiring. But we lose sight of that. We lose sight of that. I can lose sight of that. I don't know about you, but we lose sight of that when we get moving, we get spinning, life gets crazy. We were at a wedding. We were at a wedding, and when we got the call, you can probably guess, you can th- think of a lot of times when, 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 um, when big moments in your life happen. When the call came in and they said, hey, uh, public school family, you now just became a homeschool family until further notice. And my buddy who was with me turns and looks at me, and we're talking about this, and he was like, I don't think this is a small thing. I think this is going to be a big thing. And there was tacos at the wedding, so I was incredibly happy. And I was like, I'm cool because tacos at a wedding are absolutely amazing. He was right. Little did we know that our family of four, which would send two off to school every day, we have two, one and a half in diapers, um, would radically get our world turned upside down. You remember where you're at in these moments. You remember who you're with and what was said. You know, because it brings back, and you're like, man, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen next? But we have to do what we have to do. You've got to get together and say, whatever is going to happen doesn't matter, and it is not bigger than what has happened on the cross. So we're going to be okay, because our peace does not come from what we can do, but from what God has done. And I'm now finally going to take a sip from this drink. Oh, man. God is so good, guys. He really is. When you think about what he calls himself, he says, look, I'm the author and finisher of your faith. And your whole story is based off your faith and your journey and your walk of your faith. And he's like, I am the author and finisher of your faith. But most of the times I find that I get the most stressed out, I lose the most hope, I get the most worry, and I get the most discouragement is when I stop being in this together with God and I take the pen out of his hand and I start writing my story for me. And he has to go, no, 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 you're not the author, I am. And he takes the pen back. It's scary for him to have control. But when he has control, things fall into the right place. When I have control, things just fall apart. And it's crazy, but God knows it because he is the author. And here's the cool thing, guys. Here's such a liberating thing. He is the author and finisher of our faith. And you're not even the main character. You're not even the main character. Praise God, Jesus is the main character. He's the author. You know what we get to do to quote Lecrae? We get to play the background. I love it. I love it. I can do that. I can do that. I can point towards Jesus. John the Baptist knew that. They're like, hey, are you this great religious person? And John the Baptist is like, you know how great I am? Uh, that my job is I'm going to point at Jesus. That's what I'm going to do, and that's what you're going to do. But what we can't do is think that we can write our own story without God. Because here's the truth. We're in this Together, I opened with this scripture. I opened with this scripture, and it was this. It was Psalms 34, 
verses 3 and 5. It says, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. I want that. I want radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their face. No drooling of their beard will be known. No scratching of the doors from their past will be will be in the picture because of who Jesus is. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their face. You know who wrote this psalm was David after he left Gath and was embarrassed and was covered in shame. They didn't trust his God. That he didn't, he didn't put faith where he'd put in faith before. And the last thing he probably wanted to do was hit his knees in prayer. The last thing he probably wanted to do was open his Bible. The last thing he probably wanted to do was sing a song to his Savior. That was probably the last thing on his heart until he realized that Goliath's sword was on his side. And he looked down and he said, my God helped me kill that bear. My God helped me kill that lion. My God helped me kill this giant. I took his sword into his own hometown and his own people still didn't kill me. You better believe my God is going to get me through this. He cleaned his beard up and he went on a different walk in a different way. What breakthroughs have God brought you through that you're forgotten about? And that is what's draining your hope. That God has brought us through so much more than what 2020 can throw at us. He has been our deliverer since day one. He has given us victory after victory after victory. And we're not going to forget it now because we're not going to lose hope now. We drop the giant. We'll drop a pharaoh. We'll put anything else the devil wants to put in front of us because our God is the God of breakthrough and victory. Why does that scare people? Why does that scare the devil? Here's why. Because a win in your life is a win in our lives. Because we're in this together. When I win as a husband, I become a better father. When I'm a better father, I become a better pastor. When I become a better pastor, I become a better friend. The church is stronger. A win in your life is a win in our lives. We have to fight these giants. We've got to take the shame. We've got to take the sin. We've got to throw it out. Because we are called to take the gospel to this nation, to this state, to this county. This church is called by God. And we don't do it one massive wave at a time. We do it by slaying one giant at a time. Hope. Hope is powerful. Hope is so powerful. I wonder what it would look like when those boys saw that little man walking in. I think David was about five foot ten. I have no facts to back that up. <laughs> Big old giant sword. And he's over here moping. We got to stop moping because we have some hard decisions we have to make. You're fired up now, and you're feeling good now. So guess what? Here's what we have to do. Peter talked about, Peter talked about, hey, listen, the living hope, that's Jesus. But John would chime in. If we're going to do this, if we're going to take that win, if we're going to have that breakthrough, and if we're going to become the church that God is calling us to be, which I believe that we are, and I believe that we're moving in that direction, we got to do what John says here. He says this in 1 John. 
verses 5 and 7. It says, For this is the message which we have heard from him, that's God, that's Jesus, declared to, and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We're in this together. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in the darkness, that's shame. That's not shame. That's saying, hey, we're going to keep things secret. We're going to have this secret life. Then we're going to have our church life. We're going to have this secret sin and keep it from people. That darkness is killing us. He's saying, we have got to bring this into the light because God is light and in him is no darkness, is no shame, that he is our hope. We have got to take what is killing us and bring it into the light. That means if your browser history is busted, go talk to your small group leader. Go talk to your pastor. Go talk to somebody and get help. If you've, if you've started an unhealthy relationship, you need to talk to your spouse. You need to talk to that person. You need to sever ties. We need to bring stuff into the light. If you are afraid to have your phone unlocked around people, you need that's all the time we have for the weekly special message. But if you would like to listen to more, please go to eccc.us or use the East Coast app. Now, here's a moment to thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family. We work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321 453 Kids. That's 
Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.